Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March 15, 2021, and today we are reading from the Big Book. We're in Chapter 4, and we're on page 44, the first paragraph in the preceding chapters. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Lindsay W., for the 12 Traditions, Nancy C., and reading the text are Marge O. and Becca R., and Crystal P. is our backup. Um, Ken W.H. will greet the newcomers, and Russ M. is the moderator for the second hour. Thank you, everyone. And the reference number for Sunday, March 14, 2021, is 16,579. That's 16579. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lindsay W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Lindsay W., compulsive overeater from Houston, Texas. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you so much. And now will Nancy C. please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., a grateful recovered overeater from Ann Arbor, Michigan. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me serve today. Thank you so much. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 44, the first paragraph in the preceding chapters. And I will ask Crystal P to begin reading. I'm sorry, it's not Crystal P, it's Becca R to begin reading. Thank you. Actually, it's Marjo, I believe. I'm sorry, I'm just completely losing my mind. It's Marjo. <laughs> Go ahead, please, Marge. I apologize. No worries. Good morning, everyone. It's Marjo from Massachusetts, recovered and grateful. We agnostics. In the preceding chapter, you have learned something of alcoholism. alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you had... You you cannot quit entirely. Or if when drinking, you have little control over, over the amount you take, 
you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only spiritual experience will conquer. So this paragraph is an important paragraph to me because it's the first time that I started to understand we agnostics without knowledge. And I didn't have the knowledge. I had all the diet plans you could ever, ever want, but not the knowledge. I had self-knowledge, which I found out in the previous chapters. It didn't matter how much self-knowledge I had. It didn't matter how much knowledge I had about food plans, diets, all of it. Without the help of a power greater than myself, it was never going to change. I could lose the weight, and I could gain that weight back because the mental obsession was there, and I didn't know how to handle that. I wasn't even aware it was a mental obsession. I didn't know anything about that. And that's the beauty of coming to program and the beauty of coming to visions, that they find out little by slow, step by step, that this disease I have is not to be cured by a, f- a food plan. That's not, that's not what's going to happen for me. If it could be cured by a food plan, it would have been, because believe me, I used everyone known to man. In every magazine that came out every month, whatever the, whatever the diet of the month was or the diet of the season, I had all the directions, but I had no idea that I needed more and more help as time went on, <clears throat> because as they say, the disease just kept getting bigger and bigger than me, and I kept getting bigger and bigger. I would lose the weight, put more on than ever. So today, thank you, God, I don't have to do that. I have to stick with my vision, people. Live my steps, not just work them, but live them. Do both, hand in hand. Give myself to others. As my sponsor says, step 12, the crown jewel of it all. But to do my practice was 10 and 11. Do my meditation and to rely on my higher power so that when things get tough, does the thought come up once in a while? You bet your life. I'm human. However, I'm human with a disease with an answer. Ask my, for me, it's God. Just ask God, help me out here. Give me an idea. Let the phone ring. Anything to, to, to stop obsessing about what I might do in, instead of what I could do. So with that, I will pass. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much, Marge, for getting us started on page 44, the very first paragraph. And though, although we out, <laughs> it is a time change Monday. So, okay. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on that paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. This is Larry K. Kim G. Dara L. Adriana T. Okay. Okay, I have Katie G., Larry K., Kim G., Dara L., Adriana T. Who Who else would like to share? You can take a couple more. Okay, well, let's go with that lineup then. Katie G, followed by Larry K. 
Hi, Katie G. Thanks for your service. So blessed to be here. Absent and grateful compulsive eater. You know, I find it fascinating that this chapter is called We Agnostics, which means all of us. And um, what I've been taught over the years is that, you know, God can be real to you. You can say that you have a God. Um, but if I'm using food in any way, if I'm exercising bulimically, then that my, 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 my God is gone. And I think it's important to recognize here what it's saying to me, like, the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. So it's not saying for us as compulsive eaters, if you're really fat, then you can stay here, right? Like this is about your fatness because it's not. What it's saying is if you want to, you cannot quit entirely. And that's not just about the food. That's about exercise bulimia. That's about anorexia. That's everything. Or if when you're eating, you can't, you have no control over the ability to, uh, uh, over the amount you take. Now, now, I can qualify myself out and say, well, there were all these times. But what I can see is the progression of the illness, that over and over again, those times got less and less and less, and my disease got more and more creative. And again, and it's not saying I'm suffering from an illness with only, which only a diet plan can, can conquer. And, and, and it's not saying only God can conquer. It's saying a spiritual experience. So therefore, for me, with ag we agnostics, it's saying I'm blocked. I am blocked from God. And, you know, I love this chapter so much because it is going to teach us so much about how all the ways in which my worshiping of food and my body and all of that was a worship. And even my disdain for God, like... I'm having a relationship with God. I'm saying, nope, there's no way there's a God. Well, I'm relating to God. And so, you know, a lot of times I hear people say, oh, don't worry about the God thing. Oh, don't worry about the God thing. Hey, I'm here to say, don't worry about the God thing, but I have to tell you only a spiritual experience will conquer this, right? This, this whole program is about getting entirely abstinent and having a psychic change and continuing to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And I'll come back just by saying, I love that it says we agnostics because throughout this chapter, it shows me where as a recovered woman, where I hate to ruin this for you, I've not ridden off into the sunset with ponies and rainbows, um, where I get agnostic. So I'm like, here, God, here's my exercise bulimia, but you know what, my marriage, I got it, God, I know you're super busy, let me handle it, right? And it asked me, how's my sobriety? How's my trusting, relying on God? How is, what is the quality of my spiritual experience? So I'm so grateful to be sitting with all of you and to have an answer in these 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, now we'll have Larry Kay, followed by Kim G. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. Yeah, I'm shaking the cobwebs, too, here with the time change. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, I was, um, I was reading, you know how they have those um, self-assessments that you can kind of diagnose yourself. They got them online and so much, or, or they got, have them online and so forth. You know, how much uh, time do you spend each week binging? Um, I read one, you know, do you binge alone? Do you binge at least three times a week? Do you overeat at parties? Blah, blah, blah. Do you eat in the car? Do you eat while you're standing on your head? You know, the, the paragraph is telling me there's only two questions that matter. The first one, Katie talked about, uh, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely. 
And question two, if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. So if I can't stop from starting, we've heard it before, and I can't stop once I've started, you know, I, I'm screwed here. And I learned unless I had a spiritual awakening. And so I ask this with love. You know, are we not putting on the judge's robe, you know, picking up the judge's gavel when we essentially convict someone of being a compulsive overeater because they eat something we cannot eat? Because they can behave in a way that we cannot behave. You know, is it possible, is it conceivable that, you know, this, this child of God, let's say, is different than us? I know many people that have beautiful recovery. They're right on the line here. They have a beautiful relationship with their higher power. They help others. And they can consume what I cannot. And, you know, for me, God did not deputize me to be his fill-in. I can tell you that ceremony never took place where God anointed me to diagnose you in Overeaters Anonymous. He didn't, you know, just that that, that ceremony didn't happen. And I think there's just two questions for each of us to consider. And this, this book is so beautiful because it's telling me that. So, you know, I don't need to convict someone else based on anything else. I just have to stay right with my relationship with God, look at these instruction, instructions and diagnose myself, get honest with myself. Uh, so anyways, Katie, thanks so much for your, your continued service. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Kim G, you're up, followed by Dara L. Morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader. I've been recovered since January 2011. And I love the line that we hope we've made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. So how did we do that? You know, there are those beautiful two questions, but in order to answer those questions, we've been taught a lot. In the, in the preceding chapters. So what have we learned in those preceding chapters? You know, we have the doctor's opinion, which tells us the nature of our illness. You know, Dr. Silkworth had treated over 50,000 alcoholics, and he saw there were different types. There were certain types that would come in from the consequences of their eating, and they, he would dry them out, and they would leave, and he would never see them again. Some came back multiple times, and when he explained to them, it looks to me like when you start drinking, you don't have any control. My suggestion is don't drink at all. They left and he never saw them again. But there was a certain percentage, about 10%, that no matter how many times he dried them out, no matter how many times he explained the consequences, they continued to drink over and over again. So the question is, as I went through these preceding chapters, do I identify in with that 10%? You know, in Bill's story, we're being we're asked to identify in. Do I, did I think like Bill thought? Did I feel like Bill felt? Did I drink? Do I eat like Bill drinks? And then there's a solution. It slams home that 90%. Am I the moderate eater that can take it or leave it alone? Am I the hard eater that consequences have me stop eating? Or am I part of page 24? Am I part of that 10% that I have no choice, no willpower, and no memory? And then what slams it home is, is more about alcoholism. More about alcoholism is why I need a 12-step program. If I simply have an allergy to the body where once I ingest something, I can't control how much I take, then I could go to a rehab and be separated from that from 28 days, and rehabs would cure all addicts, alcoholics, drug addicts, food addicts. 
because the stuff would be out of our system and we'd have the rational mind to say, don't do that again. So my real problem isn't the food once I start eating it. My real problem is I have a mind that tells me it's okay to go back to the food and I have a biological problem that once I eat it, I can't stop. So my real problem is, is sobriety. I have to smash that delusion. If only my life was different. You know, let's take a survey. I thought I was an emotional eater. How many of you have eaten when you're happy? How many have you eaten when you're sad? How many have you eaten when you were fired, when you had a promotion, good relationship, bad relationships? If that's your reality like it's my reality, you're screwed. Sandy B is one of my favorite speakers, and I love the simple way he describes it. I am a compulsive overeater. If I cannot eat my binge food safely, and I cannot be absolutely contently. So the question is, am I part of that 10%? Because if I'm part of that 10%, step one doesn't tell me don't eat no matter what, no matter what, don't eat. Step one tells me I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat, unless I have a spiritual awakening. And this paragraph ends with the fact that we have a spiritual solution that will conquer this disease. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Okay, Dara L., you're up, followed by Adriana T. Oh, great. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. And um, gosh, there's so much, (laughs) there's so much beauty in this paragraph and so much magic. I love that, uh, you know, they really drive home the distinction between the alcoholic and and the non-alcoholic because that's so important. And I think, um, just speaking from my own experience, I always, you know, I would always look at all the things that that non-compulsive overeaters could do and even, you know, non-anorexics and bulimics who could just sort of like, you know, go with the harm reduction model, right, of... um, of treatment or, or somehow get, I, I don't know, just incrementally better over time. And I knew deep down within the depths of my soul that that was not and would never be me because that had never been my experience. And um, it's so important too that they give these two conditionals that have already been spoken about. But, you know, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely. And, you know, I, I think sometimes I've experienced a phenomenon where even in this program, uh, people honestly, honestly, earnestly want to. They they want to quit and they can't. And I think sometimes, you know, this is only my experience and, and, and my opinion, but sometimes it feels like people, you know, kind of turn their backs on, on people who are, are desperate and dying inside because they, they can't stop and they don't know any better. And that's been me at various points. Like just, I can't stop. I want to. I'm praying. I'm trying to do all the suggestions, but I'm getting hijacked and I didn't know why. I didn't know what to do. And um, and so, you know, that's, that's the real compulsive overeater, right? The one who has all the reasons in the world to stop and can't and wants to and doesn't know why they're doing it um and then i really appreciate if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take right because it doesn't mean that i i never ever have control and i think that's the great that's the great trick the mind trick of this addiction right is that sometimes i might pick up and it might be okay you know and other times i pick up and i am off and i don't know i don't I, I don't ever know. I just can't predict. I just can't predict how it's going to be. And so I love that they recognize this and that there's space. You know, I've, I've heard it said that, you know, you have to hit like this, this horrible, horrible, horrible bottom. But I think hitting a bottom is just the recognition that I, 
I can't do it anymore. And I don't want, you know, I can't do it anymore. I need a spiritual experience. I'm incapable on my own. And, you know, I would just encourage anyone on the line, don't wait for all the external consequences that I've experienced. Like, if this is you, then do what we what we've done, those of us who are recovered on the line, and you'll get what we've gotten. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Dara L. And now we'll have Adriana T. Hi, everyone. This is Adriana T. Recovered in Detroit, Michigan. Thank you, everyone, for your service on Team Monday. Um, I never thought I would say this, but I'm so excited to be on this chapter. I remember when I first came to Big Book Recovery, um, I really was like, I don't really need this chapter. Um, I already believe in God. Um, You know, that's for people that, like, don't know about God and stuff. And, you know, they have a debate going on. But um, the more I've studied this chapter, the more I've become, like, learn to love it or just naturally love it just because all the good things in it. And um, it even challenges me now as kind of was already talked about, like in my agnostic thinking, like agnostic thinking is not just like someone that doesn't believe in God or doesn't know if there's a God, but um, it's almost like an indifference to God in like certain situations. And, um, I'm kind of learning that, like, I don't want God in certain areas of my life, or um, I can manage this part of my life, but I don't want God to manage this part, and, you know, it's interesting, like, I had um, a sponsor yesterday tell me that, um, you know, she, she wasn't really doing her evening review um, thoroughly, and I kind of asked her about it, and um, she said, well, I don't know how much I'm supposed to let you into my life. And, you know, it just kind of hit me that, yeah, like, that is the struggle, like, to let God into our life in all areas and to, you know, let our sponsor into our life to kind of see what's going on. And, um, you know, that, I think, is part of the agnostic conundrum. And, um, yeah, so, um, and I can so relate to that, like, I just didn't think that God applied to certain things in my life, like such as the food. And um, I didn't think that, you know, little situations that bothered me throughout the day could really stand my, me relapsing or not. And um, I think we learn as we go along in our recovery that the more um, we let God into all these little areas of our life, um, the more we kind of continue to expand. And now I'm really at a point where I kind of get excited when I have a, I discover a new area that like, hey, I wasn't inviting God into that. You know, I wasn't thinking about God. And, um, you know, I can use it as an opportunity to continue to grow. So I think that's what's so wonderful about this program. Like we never stop learning. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Adrienne T. And so if you've just joined us, we are on the very first paragraph in the chapter, We Agnostics, on page 44, sharing on that one paragraph. And although we value your experience, we ask that you uh, <clears throat> refrain from sharing, except for every third day. So who would like to share? Leah S. Leah S. Kim A. Kim Linda A. D. 
Okay, Linda D. Christoph L. Okay. Eileen D. Sorry, C. Was that you, Sorry? Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? <clears throat> okay, I have Leah S., Kim A., Linda D., Christoph L., Eileen B., and Suri C. Go ahead, please, Leah S. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S. I'm recovered in Brooklyn, New York. So it says over here, I cannot quit entirely. I have an illness of the mind and um, an allergy in my body. There are certain foods that I cannot take in, and um, they make me very uncomfortable. They make me so uncomfortable, they, they, they make me not function properly. And in step two, they're saying, restored me to sanity. Um, I'm not sure if it was step, step two. But anyway, um, it, 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 what does it mean, it restored me to sanity? I don't function right. I don't function properly. I don't function sanely. And um, in, in the doctor's opinion, they explain so much of the buildup of human emotions that take hold of me that 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 I cannot deal with and I have to let go it's there is a god and it's not me I am I am not self-reliant I cannot be because if I if I do things on my own they don't come out as perfectly as I do when when God comes into my mind and when there's a spirituality about everything that I do. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Leah S. Okay, Kim A., you're up, followed by Linda D. Kim A., we can't hear you. Sorry, I was having a whole conversation with myself. This is Kim A. I'm a covered compulsive eater. Um, I, too, thought that this chapter really had nothing to do with me because I did believe in a higher power. But this chapter is not written necessarily for people who do not believe in a higher power or who are not sure if they believe in a higher power. This is really the first chapter in the book that presents the solution to us, the first four chapters are presenting the problem to us, and now that we completely understand the problem, we're learning that the solution is, as they say at the end of this paragraph, if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And I've never counted, but the word prejudice appears so many times in this chapter. And so I try to look at this chapter as a way to kind of challenge my prejudiced thinking, um, just in general, because we know the problem isn't actually food. The problem is our thinking. Um, so if I can just kind of apply this idea of my resistance to 
other ways of viewing the world to my resist my resistance that like you know hey i don't always know the best way to do everything or you know i think that the world would be better if everybody would just listen to me because i act like the director right because i don't realize that god is the director so if i'm willing as a newcomer to challenge all of my thinking and to just you know be willing to lay it aside and say all right well you know this way of thinking has not worked for me yet you know this way of thinking is what always brings me back to that first compulsive bite regardless of knowing what's going to happen after that you know this is the same mind that navigates me through the world my mind that keeps bringing me back to binging and my mind that has me stewing in resentment and self-pity and you know focused on fear and just myself these are the reasons that i eat you know because of what my mind does to me so if if i'm willing to just accept like all right well a different way of thinking has worked for my sponsor and all the other recovered sponsor people sponsors and other people on the line then you know maybe if i'm willing to say well i don't have to understand it i don't have to question it i don't have to ponder what a higher power is step 2 says i just have to be willing to believe in a higher power i don't even have to believe in it now i just have to be willing um so that's what i get from this chapter and i pass thank you Thank you so much, Kim A. <clears throat> okay, Linda B., you're up, followed by Christoph L. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm listening to everybody. So I had to, and, it, and it's wonderful sharing, but I had to pull back into myself and ask God, well, what's the deal? What do you want me to say? That's a big change for me because I was an atheist, and I was raised to be very, very um, scared and polite, and I wouldn't tell you that, but when I came in, I really thought it was pretty stupid. After all, I've been to a university. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that's great that I did that, and it was a gift, and I didn't know, uh, I can't swear. Okay, I didn't know anything about life. Well, how do I know that? Well, because my life was crap. And the thing of it is, um, the only thing that's ever worked as the foundation for my life that changed my life is a higher power. And it's through OA, particularly all the later versions of OA as OA grew over the years, particularly, and it ended up with um, very high-level recovery like Visions. Visions is an example of a healthy OA meeting and a rebirth of OA, which is wonderful because that's exactly what I need. And like a birth or rebirth, that's painful. So uh, so what? Um, well, it works. And is it all painful? Not at all. And it's exciting to find, oh dear, I screwed up again and I have to ask God, uh, what did you say? You want me to do what? I do not want to do each and everything and every area of my life that's screwed up. I'm scared. I'm a human being. I'll resist change. After I flounder around 
talk to God, talk to fellows in the program, talk to my sponsors, I'll decide, well, I, I guess probably I'm wrong about that. And uh, quick like a bunny, I will reconsider and try something new. It's very often that I don't like it too bad, and I do it, and I come out on the other side and I go, wow, this is amazing. I didn't know life could be so good because life is good. And there's fun and there's good stuff despite whatever crap's going on in the world. That's what the program is about ultimately. The joy of living when I'm not self-destructive and I'm hooked up inside to a higher power, God, that manifests outside. And it's always the same thing. It's unconditional love. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, um, Linda D. And now we'll have Christoph L. followed by Eileen B. Hi, my name is Christoph L. I'm in Pennsylvania, recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you for your service today. Uh, I want to um, I want to um, touch on something that is striking me this morning, and that is that the word God does not appear until the half of the second page here. So especially this paragraph that we're on today, I don't I don't hear about God when I read this and I don't uh think about God when I read this. And this is just uh this is just from where I come from obviously. But um I think that um me being uh very identifying with this with this uh chapter here. In fact there's there's no more there's no chapter that has more markings and, and, and highlighting in this book than, than what this chapter has here. Um, but I, I'm struggling with, with the concept of the higher power, and, and I'm still struggling today as a recovered compulsive overeater, but I think the, the, the point that I'm trying to make this morning is that a spiritual experience will conquer this, and it doesn't say God will conquer it, and it doesn't say um, that there has to be a God. In fact, that's, that's uh, you know, the I just looked up the dictionary um, of agnostic and it says that uh, something to the effect of someone believing that the the knowledge of there being a God is impossible. And, and I still, I still identify with that concept strongly. So um, just the fact that they're not talking about the word God for a while, and then they're very careful to introduce that, um, that that is something that I'm still really working on today, and the, the spiritual experience for me, I just wanted to. I'm not I'm not really sure, you know, what I was going to say, but the point that I'm trying to bring across to people that struggle with the concept of the higher power is that I did recover, and I still don't know that there is a God, and it it can work, and the spiritual experience is is the really the key concept of the whole book and of the whole of the whole program that, that I am working. And I, I can share that I had a vital spiritual experience with the state of mind about God that I have. I had, I had profound experiences when I did my step five, when I worked my step nine, I had, I had feelings rush through my body that I had never felt before. And it, it can work. And this is one of the beautiful promises here in this, in this, uh, 
in this very paragraph where it says only a spiritual experience will conquer this. And it says it will conquer it, you know, so that's a promise to me right there. So with that, I was passed. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, Christoph. And now we'll have Eileen B. followed by Series C. Hi, good morning. This is Eileen Diaz and David. Um, thank you, Team Monday, for all that uh, you do to get us going uh, for the week. Um, I love this, this this chapter. I didn't think I would at first, um, but it was kind of interesting. Uh, the, the first chapter is so, uh, the first paragraph is so gentle. It, it talks about hope, and if we honestly want to find, um, we need to quit drinking or overeating. Um, and if you can't, then you probably are uh, like a, a compulsive reader. And so for me, I find there's nothing short of a miracle um, to to get into the big book, the vision, and to be reading paragraph by paragraph as life unfolds um, and as people share. It's it's just been amazing. You know, in many ways, um, I now uh, I've been abstinent for over two years. And it, that's such a miracle. But now I find I like looking at things. I love seeing nature and beauty. Um, like the wind. This morning it's just rolling around, just roaring. I, I can't, I can feel it, but I can't see it. And and, and yet I find its power. It, it, I, I'm struck by that, uh, by the nature of God and how my God works. And so life before um, abstinence, before the gift was given, and it is a spiritual experience that came in my life that, that allowed me the gift of abstinence. Before, it, I never looked at the beauty and the nature. I saw it, acknowledged it, but didn't think about it. I was more concerned about where to get my next hit, you know, where my next food would be. I knew all the stores. I often told people, you know, if I get lost, just tell me a restaurant and I'll get home. And it was a big joke, but it was real. Um, but today, the vital experience that is going on is that I'm, I'm aligned with a group of people that get it, that know me, and are willing to know me. Um, and that by the grace of God, I, I'm abstinent. And it's not anything I did, trust me, when they've done that with all the diets. Oh, my goodness. But um, it, it's just an amazing program. So those of you who are new, please stay. It is so, so worth the ride. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Eileen D. And Sorry C, you're up, and then we'll have time to take a few more names. Um, hi, this is Sorry C. I <laughs> I am terrified. I I have all these different things that I wanted to say, and I actually don't want to say anything um, because. I'm terrified to admit that I believed in a God, but really I believed in myself, self-will, run riot. One of the most inspiring people, inspired people, anybody talks to me and I can spew the most amazing things. And, And I sat and had a conversation with somebody and it was amazing. And then... I was I was working towards being abstinent with my food and she brought out some tea and she said, Oh, and I just put sugar in it and I just took it 
drank one cup and then the next and my abstinence was gone. I took it. I took somebody else's my cell phone and my I don't because I'm scared of a God that could just love me and could just want what's good for me. I'm scared to give I'm I'm just scared to give in and give up because I have a hard time believing that that God really wants that goodness for me. I'm scared. And I'm standing still and being scared and saying it out loud. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry. Okay, so um, if you've just joined us, uh, we are on page 44, the very first paragraph of the chapter, We Agnostics. And although you value your experience, if you, we'd like you to wait and share every third day. So who would like to share? We have time for about um, four more people. Anita J. Anita J. Kathy M. Kathy M. Kristen H. Kristen H. Stacy H. And Stacy H. Okay. Good lineup. Thank you so much. Uh, go ahead, please. We'll have Anita J. Followed by Kathy M then Kristen H., and hopefully we'll have time for Stacey H. Okay. Um, thank you so much uh, for hearing me. And um, my name is Anita J., and I'm living in the recovery as a recovered woman today through the grace of God, which I think we agnostics is going to talk about. And it's funny about this God. He wants us. He wants it all. He wants all of us. That was the hardest thing. It took me decades. I've been envisioning myself. Why? Maybe because I'm an addict. I'm picturing myself like an English muffin. All those little nooks and crannies, which me, Anita, as a nook and cranny, English muffin. There was a couple of little nooks and crannies. I don't want to give God. Why? Did I think I could do it better? It was just a total surrender. seems so scary to turn myself over. And now, you know, yesterday I loved hearing God as Papa. Oh, my God. Isn't that what I always wanted? He wants it, too. And what stopped me? Me. I was my own barrier. And thank you, God. I'm not my own. I'm on my side now. Forget barriers. I'm on my side. It doesn't matter if you're on my side or rooting for me. I got a word for me. And who's the proudest person? Well, who's the proudest person? It's my higher power. My God is happy for me. 
that I finally have come to him, come home. Isn't that what it is, coming home? So, I don't know, the portal seemed to be vision for you. I can't, what is the difference? I've been in since 1978. What is the difference? Hearing good recovered people who know where their source comes from. That's why I can never, no matter how many few hours I had, automatic up, up for a vision for you. And um, But that's only the beginning. Well, that wasn't even the beginning. But anyway, thank you, everybody, and I pass. <clears throat> thank you, Anita. Jay, okay, Kathy M., you're up, followed by Kristen H., Hi, um, my name is Kathy M. from Massachusetts, a compulsive recovered overeater. Um, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for your service today. Um, I, uh, I come from another 12-step program and, and never thought uh, this chapter was necessary in that program, nor did I think it was necessary in this program until I read it and I listened. And uh, um, I always, I, I use the line, you know, contempt prior to investigation lots of times in life and uh, um, I realized that um, that's exactly what I was doing with this chapter, and I've really come to love this chapter and 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 listen to it, and it just um, it's a uh, it's a uh, broadened my awareness of of my higher power and and made me uh, have more of a more of a attachment or um, oh, I'm searching here um, just more of a feeling of of how my higher power can. Uh, and work in my life and how I can let my higher power in, you know, more and more day by day. And um, I just want to thank you for taking the call and pass. Thank you, Kathy M. Okay, Kristen H., you're up, followed by Stacy H. Good morning. This is Kristen H. from Houston, Texas. I um, don't know why I pushed star one. I've been, I guess I wanted to share that I have had a spiritual experience and been relieved of this obsession. And, um, but lately it's been harder for me to connect to my higher power and, you know, my food has suffered as a result. And, um, so instead, and what I've been trying to do is like lock it down on the food, like really control it. And what this chapter reminds me is that, that's not the answer. It's not about the perfect food plan. It's not about, you know, getting the right, you know, getting the magic number of protein servings or anything like that. It's about um, finding my higher power and staying in contact with my higher power and working the steps with my higher power and through my higher power. And um, I am you know, coming to the realization that, you know, I have to start at step one, that I've lost the recovery that I've had. And um, specifically with respect to my connection to my higher power. And the only way I know to gain, gain that back is to go back to the beginning. And, um, but, you know, the, and I had such a hard fought battle to come to terms with my higher power um, or to find my higher power because, I came into this program as an atheist and, um, you know, I was so desperate that I would listen, but I, when people would talk about God, I would, you know, roll my eyes internally and get really uncomfortable as well. And, you know, I was able 
through working the steps several times to find, you know, my higher power and my own definition of a higher power that worked for me. And I still believe in that higher power. I just don't have that constant contact, that connection. So I'm hopeful that I can get it again and um, happy that I know my higher power hasn't gone anywhere. It's me who moved. And so I just have to get back to where I was. So thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you so much, Kristen H. And now we have time for Stacy H. Hi, um, this is Stacy H. I am a compulsive, recovered compulsive eater and grateful to be here. I haven't shared in a long time. I've had a couple family members who moved in in December and privacy has been difficult. So I've been listening every day, but not sharing. Um, what I liked about this paragraph this morning um, the, the clear explanation, once again, um, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, um, you are probably alcoholic. And I, I see that as I'm working with sponsees, um, and, and I read the big book, I, I start to look at it not only through my own eyes, but through the eyes of my, my sponsee. And, you know, will they hear the message? Will they get it? Will they understand it? And, you know, so I just love how, you know, they keep restating and restating, um, you know, just in black and white, A or B, you know, and, and they make the direction so clear um, because I do find that a lot of um, sponsees, you know, they just, they don't, they just don't identify, you know, themselves as having a problem. Um, with food and and that is one of the greatest gifts I have is the fact that I, I know and I acknowledge um, that I have a problem with food and that I can't stop once I start and and I can't stay stopped and and even though you know I never had you know a hundred pounds to lose um, I still had this disease and have had it you know my whole life and I still um, need this program and I'm so grateful that I have accepted that. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, moved on to, you know, knowing that the only solution was the spiritual experience um, and that I do, you know, reach out to this higher power in, in every moment, um, in every moment. And, um, and just really being open to growing and to changing and to um, developing, you know, my, myself, my program, and my relation to my higher power. And um, I guess with that, I'll pass. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And let's see what time it is. Um, okay. It's time to stop the meeting. So we will now um, thank you to everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, March 15th, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,582. That's 16582. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Becca R. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hey, it's Becca R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. A vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.